The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest. W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Hey guys, today's episode is sponsored by DatChat. You know it, you're a member of it. If you're not, you're missing out. It is basically an app where we could just have amazing unfiltered conversations. The text messages or things that you post basically like self-destruct in a certain amount of time. So you could set the timer. So if you wanted to self-destruct in 24 hours, 48 hours, 30 days, whatever it is. And the best part is, is that you can't take screenshots. Um, So it's been a really cool place for the T-Tribe to connect. I know we were using it a lot during my live show. We could live chat different shows as they go on. So make sure that you download that chat and join my group. It's Spill the Tea with Publicity and we could chat. It's on, you know, it's App Store. So if you have Android, iPhone, whatever or you could use their website but like come on download the app we all have we all have smartphones at this point so i hope to chat to you guys there and let's get into today's episode um yeah i have covid so i'm gonna get into that in a little bit but first i do want to tell you guys who I'm having on as a today's guest, if you haven't seen from the title. You've probably heard of at Girlboss Town on TikTok. She's blown up recently. She's had so many incredible opportunities come her way. Um, just from sharing like her ideas for free and PR moves that she would make. And as a publicist, former publicist myself, my brain operates very similar to hers. I just don't put my ideas out there necessarily for free, but that's the way I'm thinking constantly. And you could just tell throughout the episode how much synergy we have and how much our brains kind of work together um, because we both just are on that same like wavelength. So I get into it with her. We talk a lot about PR. I know you guys are always asking me to dig into my past life as a publicist. We also talk about her um, trauma that she's gone through. She lost her mom at a young age and she's dealt with some mental health and anxiety and depression. And I think um, if you've lost someone, that's something that you could definitely relate to. It's just a really nice, raw, honest chat. And I think you guys are going to love it. And um, yeah, let me tell you now about my COVID journey because it's been a doozy. I've been hit with COVID. I'm going to try to get through this episode without coughing. I actually haven't had a cough, but the second I go to talk for whatever reason, I have this urge to cough. It's more of like a little tickle in my throat that I'm trying to scratch. But anyway, let me explain to you guys what the hell has been going on. So last week during my interview with Fibula, I was In hindsight, now listening to it back, I'm like, oh my God, I was sick, which is really scary because I exposed him. But as of now, he doesn't have it. So thank the heavens. Um, What happened was I had my live show on Wednesday. I don't think I got it there because I hugged like 9 million of you guys and no one from the T-Tribe has really written to me saying that they have COVID. So I actually think I got it after my live show either at work or that weekend because I went out that Friday night and I went to Acme which is this bar in New York City and I was just like living my best life in a basement full of drunk people and then I woke up on Sunday being like oh this is so annoying my cold is back because I'd had a cold two weeks ago wasn't COVID right before Thanksgiving. And it just kind of felt the same. Like I had a little tickle in my throat, but that's not uncommon for me in this like time of year because in New York City, like your apartment gets either really, really cold or really, really hot just based on the fact that we like have weird heating and air systems. So whenever it gets really cold in my room, I wake up with like a dry throat and a runny nose. So that's really not uncommon. That happens to me all throughout the winter. So I woke up Sunday feeling that way and I was like, ugh, annoying. My cold is back. So then Monday morning, I did an at-home test and it was negative. So I went into the office and 
same thing. Like, I kind of felt like I had a cold, but I was negative. So I'm like, it's just a cold. Um, And then I was wearing a mask around the office just in case, which was, thank God I did that. And then during my interview with Fibula, I started getting, like, achy. And I'm like, I kept saying to my producer... I'm like, is this in my head? Am I just, because I'm such an anxious person. I'm like, am I just anxious? And I'm like, I'm negative. I know it's not COVID. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, sometimes when I eat gluten, I get achy. Maybe it's just that. So then on the subway home from work, I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I felt on that subway like I'm sick. Like, all of a sudden. So I come home. I take my temperature and I have a 100 degree fever. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, you don't just get a fever in the middle of the day. So I come home, have the fever, um, take an at-home rapid test, and, like, within 10 minutes it comes back positive. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, oh, my God, I was just around people. But, like, I wasn't the first person. Like, everyone... The thing that I've learned with testing is that, like, I tested that morning and I was negative. So everyone I know, we were all probably carrying it around the office, around the bars, because until you literally are, like, symptomatic, you don't know you have it, which is really scary. So anyway, it's just going through New York like a wildfire. Like, I know probably 40 people with it, friends, co-workers friends of friends friends of friends family people that went to weddings people that went to bars like it's just rampant around the city um today is my day seven and I feel better um it was really like a weird sickness because the first day was the worst when I had the fever when I came home that night I took I'm not exaggerating between 4 p.m. and 12.30 a.m., I took, I'm not exaggerating, 10 hot baths. Because when you're achy and you have a fever, the only thing I could do to get relief of my aches was take a hot bath. So I would take a bath, come out, lay in bed. Take a bath, come out, lay in bed. I took 10 baths. I'm not even kidding. And then um, once the fever broke later that night, then I was feeling better but you would go through these weird ups and downs so then like the next day I felt fine then the day after that I was congested then the day after that I was achy then the day after that I was fine then it's like you get a new symptom every day so it's like really confusing um right now I would say I'm just waking up with some congestion still I feel like I have like TMI but you guys should know I feel like I have like mucus like in my head that I'm just waiting to blow the fuck out like it's just stuck in my brain and I just need it to come out other than that like I feel better now um I'm just getting a little stir crazy I have been stuck inside I haven't even as much as like taking my trash out like I am stuck in my apartment I'm trying to be so courteous of other people um by Wednesday I can leave which thank god I get to go home in time for Christmas if you guys are quarantining away from your family I really feel for you because that would really suck. This already kind of took away the holiday feel for me. Like it doesn't even feel like it's the holidays. So I really feel for you if you're stuck alone from your family. And I just hope everyone's staying safe out there. I was double vaccinated. I hadn't gotten my booster yet. I kept putting it off. And who's to say if I had my booster, if I'd be sick right now or not? I don't know because people with their booster still are getting sick. But in a few months when I'm cleared, I will just move ahead and get my booster. Um, So yeah, I hope everyone else is okay out there. I know a million of you have it because everyone's been DMing me saying that they're on like the same day as me or they also have symptoms or whatever it may be. I'm really happy to hear though that symptoms overall have sounded pretty mild for everyone. But one of the funny things is, so I'm not one of those influencers that's going to lie to you guys. Like I immediately took to my Facebook group to tell you guys, hey, I have COVID just in case I did have it at my live show. I just wanted to be honest. Um... And I took to TikTok, I took to Instagram instantly, told my bosses, like everything. And I did a video being like, well, guys, I got COVID. And guess what? Freaking Inside Edition on CBS took my TikTok footage, put it in a segment, 
And now the entire world knows I have COVID. People were DMing me like, hey, I saw you on the news. I'm like, excuse me? Like, I'm telling my followers. I'm not trying to tell the nation that I have COVID right now. I feel like they should have asked for my permission. Um, Feels weird, but whatever. That just comes with, I guess, being a public person on TikTok. So, yeah, the whole world found out. Um, I will, in the Spill the Tea segment, tell you guys what I have been doing um, in terms of just like spending the last few days watching shows and celebrity gossip and stuff like that. And I have a really, really exciting interview today. So I am excited to get into that with Robin right now. So here is today's interview. Okay, everyone, welcome back. I am here with Robin Del Monte, which like reminds me of the tomato sauce, but you're Italian. Yes, I am Italian. <laughs> so you probably know her as Girl Boss Town on TikTok. You literally rose to fame within like two months. Like, yes. how quick has this been? So I got my first 100K in like a week and a half, and then the past month, another 150K. Which is insanity. Wait, in the past week and a half? No, no, no. The past oh. <laughs> month, I've got another 150K. But, like, it took off in, like, a week, and then it's been consistent since, which is, like, the biggest blessing. Well, it's I, insanity. I want to pat myself on the back because I followed you when you were, like, at, what, like, Little. 30K? Yeah. Because you know why? I don't believe in the whole, like, I'm only going to follow someone if they have big numbers. I'm like, yeah. no, I like this person's content. Like, yeah. I want to jump on board. I was going to say, you in Victoria, Paris, are the two, like, people in this industry that followed me when I had like nothing and like reached out we're so kind so it's like thank you you're welcome you like you know far is cool well because I don't believe in that shit like no. I don't mess around like that I'm not one of those people that's like oh now I'm gonna like kiss your ass because you have clout also I think a lot of times content is more authentic and organic and real when they don't have as many followers mm-hmm. because they're being more true to themselves rather than catering to an audience 100 and I try to keep that mindset still but it's hard when you have like x amount of people now like watching your content and saying things about it. And you have to so. think through what you're posting more. Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. So, okay. So for you guys that aren't familiar with Robin, I'm sure you've seen her. If you're on TikTok, you've seen her content post like come up on your For You page because that's just the way the algorithm works when they're when someone's blowing up. That said, why I wanted to have you on the podcast specifically is because I believe, and I don't know because I'm going to get into it with mm-hmm. you, but I believe we come from similar backgrounds Mm -hmm. and the way your brain operates is how my brain operates so I thought it would be such like an interesting meeting of minds to like get us together to talk through some of this stuff and then I also want to talk about just the part of you that maybe the internet isn't seeing yeah um so first just to kick it off what just like brief background um what your professional background is yeah totally so I went to the University of New Hampshire I majored in communications and marketing and then right two days after I graduated college I um, moved out to LA and my junior year of college I had an internship at Warner Brothers and I did a program at UCLA so I I knew LA I knew that scene I was like I want to go out there I also watched like so much reality TV Mm, I'm acting like I wanted to go out there for like academic reasons I wanted to go out there because like I watched um, The Simple Life in Newlyweds when I was like 10. Totally. But um, so I was out in LA for a couple of years. I was at an advertising agency, but I was in their PR department. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, I was in the mailroom um, and like stocking snacks and like printing labels and like doing stables. And then I was going to the club every single night. And like it was just I was I don't think I was ready for the type of um, opportunity that I had. Mm. And I thought like, oh, I'm going to come in here and be able to use all my creative juices and like just like get going. Like I'm going to do these commercials. I'm going to do everything. But realistically, back in like 2016, that's not how things worked. You have to work your way up, which is. Girl, do I feel that. Oh, my God. My mind was kind of immature in a sense maybe that's not even the right word but I was like this is not what I thought it was gonna be like at all well I think when you're a creative person yeah you don't want to work your way up because you're like no I have a better idea mm-hmm. than my boss yeah and this is how I felt yeah totally are you kidding like me? I was like I can't be doing admin stuff when like no. we've got ideas to bring to the table and right now I'm 27 which actually a lot of people don't know on TikTok they're like I thought you were 21 I'm like girl Botox um <laughs> but I'm 27 to the right when I graduated 
graduated college was around 2016 where influencer marketing was starting to come around but not be respected totally and i would be like listen guys like hear me out like i was a young 22 year old and this is like CEO's office I was like we have to put this on Instagram like I came up with this campaign for a show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that was on the CW when I was at Warner Brothers and I was like we need to make an ad and put it on Tinder and make the profile look like the girl from the show because it's like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and now those types of things happen all the time but um, I was putting out these ideas but people didn't know the longevity of social media and influencers which was fine, but I, I became frustrated and, like, less creative. And then something happened with my family where I ended up having to move back home to Boston after two years in L.A. And then I was at, like, insurance companies, medical companies doing, like, nine-to-five marketing. And I was like, this Not fulfilled. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. And it actually makes you depressed, in a sense, as a creative person. Because it's like you have all of these ideas, and then you're also comparing yourself to people on the internet who are influencers, who are getting these creative opportunities. And you know you could do it. Exactly. And yes. better. And I, Girl, that might sound oh. cocky, but I was like, I can do this. Like, I can do this. So then me and my best friend from L.A., she moved home to Boston as well. We started a podcast slash pop culture Instagram called Girl Boss Town. Um, we did that for around two years. And then she ended up going another career path. And it was just me. Led to the pandemic. In the pandemic, I had like a mental breakdown. I mean, said by every single person mm-hmm. in the country. But I was like, I do not want to do a nine to five for the rest of my life. Totally. And I was privileged enough to have the opportunity to like leave my nine to five and I was like I'm gonna go to esthetician school I love beauty I love skincare and I'm gonna bartend at night to put myself through school because I just I don't think this media thing's gonna happen for me in Boston but I'll keep doing it on the side on like TikTok and Instagram and when I quit my corporate job and was able to do all of the TikToks during the day that's when things kind of blew up and now my career has completely changed and I'm having opportunities I've always wanted but it's crazy how like failure failure make like maybe not the right choice of words or like giving up or like thinking I like had my last straw actually led me to like the biggest opportunities in my life like it's all about perspective it's mm-hmm. all about like going through so much and I would listen to podcasts with like Jen Atkins or would think Kim Kardashian didn't start keeping up with the Kardashians till she was 27 totally. and like now look at her I was like it's never too late to like go after what you want and but like the timeline stresses you out I got this job um right before I turned 30 so it just goes to show Mm -hmm. like I totally agree the timeline also I knew your story was going to remind me of my own because so since I am three years older than you I was at my like third PR job when that pivotal time you're talking about Mm -hmm. in 2016 when influencers started becoming a thing yeah and I think every like publicist or communications or marketing person knows when that switch happened Mm -hmm. and you just felt this major shift in the industry like things are going to be different from here on out a hundred percent and it's also when like Netflix and Hulu started making original content so it's like the movies and the actresses like what used to be like so prestigious in Hollywood it started to switch a little bit and some people didn't want to ride the new wave and some people did like back in the day remember like full screen like Mm -hmm. companies that really started to like embody what it was gonna be like got ahead of it I was like see I want to be doing that but even like I'm sure you can relate like I would apply to so many jobs I graduated college I had good experience but still it's like just applying with your resume is not good enough anymore like oh but I would go the extra mile though and that's what you need to do and that's what people always I Mm -hmm. always tell people now it's like that it's so safe people are like what should I do if I want to get into like PR marketing communications anything like that I'm like do not send your resume in like the normal way. Like you have to be creative. If you want a creative job, show them in a creative way. People like always ask me like how to get jobs here. And the truth is every single person that's ever been hired here has gotten hired because they did something weird yeah. or they stood out or it was like just like a chance. Like I yeah. don't even know how to describe it. We're not the type of company where it's like, oh, apply on LinkedIn. Like yeah. that probably really like rarely happens yeah. for our positions here. Yeah. And I totally agree. I, my biggest piece of advice I always give to people from like career wise is like stay on it and don't be scared to message the person at the top. Mm-hmm. Like I think so many people are intimidated by like befriending like a CEO of a company on oh, LinkedIn yeah. or whatever. I'm like, no, people in charge respect people that take chances. Yeah. 
for opportunities. I mean, even just like looking at my content when I started like calling brands out mm-hmm. of like what they could be doing differently, like that not only some people be afraid to do that, but like that got me in the door with these people. One hundred percent, they respect you. Yeah, because if you call people out on, and I think. Um, Barstool CEO was listening to a podcast once and she was saying somebody like made a mistake by being like oh like if I got this job it'd be so good for me Mm. me 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 and she's like okay that's amazing but like how would it be good for us if you got the job you know what I mean and like that's how you feel like totally yeah oh my god I always say that because whenever I give like advice on how to pitch yeah I'm like you have to be very clear about like this is what I could do for you and this is how you could gain Mm -hmm. XYZ from me. Yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, like you need to add value to everything you do. Because obviously you getting a job at a place would benefit you, but like how is it going to benefit the company? Yeah, like duh, a job benefits (laughs) anyone. We all want money. We all want a salary and a career. So have you always from a young age been super career oriented? Um, in a sense, yes, but not traditionally. Like, I was absolutely obsessed with Oprah. It was almost unhealthy. My mom had to write a letter to my bus driver so that they could (laughs) drop me off at the house because if I missed the theme song, like, I would have a conniption. Wait, I'm dying. Because it started at, like, 3, and, like, it would take me, like, five minutes to walk home. If they dropped me off, I could watch the theme song. I was obsessed. So then Oprah ended up coming to – I'm from Nashville, New Hampshire. Mm. During Obama's first campaign trail – Oprah, like, was on the campaign trail with him. And I went, and I was fangirling like it was, like, the Beatles sobbing in the crowd. And the press box saw me, pulled me in. I met both of the Obamas before they were president. Were you dying? No, I was 11. Yeah. They they weren't the president yet. I was like, nice to meet you, like, nice to meet you. You're like, but where's Oprah? And then I met Oprah, and I was so sobbing and hugging her I was like I'm gonna be you when I grow up like I'm gonna be you I wow. love you and I was like can I have your autograph and her security was like no and she's like I can sign what I want and she gave me her autograph wow I have it. good for her yeah I have it in my room now but like from that day on I you was have like, to frame it yeah of course I was like I'm gonna be a storyteller like I'm gonna be like Oprah like I'm gonna be a storyteller but I don't know how what that's gonna look like so after college when I did the UCLA thing with Warner Brothers I started doing like do I get into like script television or movies mm. or like do I go into broadcasting? Like I didn't know in which way I could use my storytelling to like make it a career, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. Okay, you want to know it's so funny and by the time this comes out, I would have I have had my live show so I could say yes. it because otherwise I wouldn't want to choose yeah. it, but I'm doing a live show and my like opening monologue is a lot about how growing up I knew I wanted to be on stage. And I'm using the stage kind of as a metaphor for like in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, but I can't sing. (laughs) But I can't dance. I'm kind of average at everything. It's like, okay, so what can I do? I could talk and Mm -hmm. I could story tell. And it's exactly what you're saying. It's like sometimes you know I have this thing in me where I want to on a public scale reach people. Mm -hmm. But if you're not a pop star or Mm -hmm. a dancer you're like but how do I get there but when you have that desire you find a way whether it be through hosting or TikTok or a podcast Mm -hmm. when that desire is in you you find a way to be on that stage one day 100% and I think like with influencing I think a lot of people are stuck in the 2016-2018 phase where they found a blueprint know it works and that's what companies are doing but I think what I like as a consumer when it comes to influencer and media and general is like authentic storytelling 100% and I think that is like what I've tried to do from day one with my like platform I feel like so like corny or cheesing with my platform but I do try to do that and I think I found what it is that I want to do with the storytelling now and now that I have like this type of social media where like especially with TikTok where it's like people don't need to be following you Mm -hmm. to hear what you have to say and that just builds um builds traction and allows me to kind of be passionate about whether it's pop culture or PR marketing and like get my storytelling across through that way. The one thing that I really love about your content, let me try to explain this. So the one thing in PR, when I worked in PR marketing communications, mm-hmm. we called it PR. It was really kind of everything. It was exactly. multi-level exactly. marketing communications at every level. What really... I found to be my biggest roadblock is like you I'm a strategic big picture thinker mm-hmm. 
And first of all, I was the worst at my career when I was entry level because I'm not very detail oriented in the terms of like administrative like tasks. I'm detail oriented in the sense where I'm like, the event needs to run like this. We need these logistics. But I'm not like, oh, these Excel numbers. Like I, yeah. I, I can't, I don't fuck with that. But my biggest challenge was I would sit in rooms with people in marketing rooms and come up with these incredible ideas that as a millennial at the time when millennials were target, now it's Gen Z, I would be like, this will hit. And what would happen was my bosses who weren't millennials would be like, I don't know. It seems a little daring. And like every idea would just You'd start with this big picture idea and then by the time the idea came to fruition, it was a fraction of what you, like the original concept was. But what I love about what you're doing is you're cutting out the middlemen. Like, so I used to go to my boss and then my boss would water it down and then my boss would show it to the client and then they'd water it down even more. Mm -hmm. But what you did was you just put the big idea out there Mm -hmm. and the companies are hearing the non-watered down version. Yeah. So that's why I think it's hitting for them Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh my God, this is so out of the box. Like we need to listen to what she's saying. Yeah. And a lot of the times people are saying like, oh, it's just a plan words or like, oh, that's simple. Like, I did one for The Way, um, like the hair products, Mm. and their team is incredible. They are so sweet. And people are like, it's just a play on words, like what she's saying. Like, it's so easy. It's so simple. And I'm like, yeah, but they haven't done that yet. Like, they haven't utilized it. Sometimes it is the simple idea. If it's that easy, why haven't they done it? Sometimes it it is a simple idea, but sometimes it is, like you said, the the out-of-the-box, like, crazy ideas. And some people will be like, well, how are they going to get budget, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not my job. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I'm not figuring out their budget. I'm just saying, like, take this idea and do what you can with it because this is – this will be successful. I 100% and I think it's a good way for brands to straightforward hear the idea straight from like the creator's mouth or like the brain's mouth because I found in corporate there's so much red tape that it's really hard to actually put out and execute a creative idea because it gets so watered down by the time it gets to the highest level. And what you've done is just eliminate that completely. So I think it was like a really smart tactic Mm -hmm. for you to get, whether you did it purposefully or not, for you to get your ideas heard. Yeah, no, I definitely did not do it purposefully, (laughs) but I'll take credit for that. But that was always my frustration because like I worked for Johnson & Johnson brands for a while. Mm -hmm. Like I did the whole entertainment publicity thing. Yeah. And then I moved to consumer because like you, when you kind of went to doing like, um, what did you, what did you say you did when you went to Boston? Like insurance. Like insurance and like yeah, medical. Like like. I kind of switched to at one yeah. point, even though I was still in PR, I went more to like the non-sexy side of it. Yeah. And like, that's when I was just like, these companies have such big budgets, but like they're not taking chances. Like no. they're not doing things to be new and fresh and they're not going to stay relevant if they keep doing the thing that they did 30 years ago that's just not yeah the way of the world anymore and then even kind of goes back to what I was saying with some influencers it's like a lot of people yes. have a successful formula and blueprint so they try to continue to replicate that totally but then it's like you see somebody who does the opposite of that mm-hmm. and that's what's blowing up right now so you should be like hmm like maybe if this is successful and this is mediocre like let's do something different also like this is I'm not gonna like name certain brands so I don't want to get myself yeah. in trouble but I see a lot of advertisement on TikTok mm-hmm. um, and it is so bad like brands advertising because on they're advertising like they would have done on Instagram exactly. that's the problem it's it's like actually like <laughs> you and I. it's actually like foul yes. and like I've made a couple videos about it but didn't put it up because like I, I don't want to get on bad terms yeah, with yeah. companies but I'm like do you see how many creative people there are on TikTok I'm not even talking about me maybe I'm what talking you about do. graphic designers I'm mm-hmm. talking about makeup I was like there is a mecca of creative people on TikTok who are working nine to fives and not doing this professionally if I was a major brand I would hire these people to do the TikTok advertisements because maybe they don't understand how it works but those people do well can I tell you the issues so as someone who came from the influencer space pre TikTok Mm -hmm. what we did as Instagrammers like me and every influencer I know in New York City and LA and everywhere was we created these perfectly curated profiles because what brands were looking for and I know this also from being on the PR side Mm -hmm. when I would scout influencers for campaigns they would be like oh I don't like the aesthetic of their profile oh they have alcohol in that image and we don't want to work with people that are drinking so we as influencers created these 
perfect mm-hmm. images of what the perfect Instagram profile looks like because the more perfect your profile looks, the more money you're going to get from brand collaborations. Yeah. So what happened was when TikTok popped off, all of these Instagram girls that tried to make it on TikTok brought the same tactics over to TikTok and their profiles aren't growing and they're not seeing results because it's too curated. And the thing about TikTok that's amazing is that it's the wild, wild west mm-hmm. and the more freaking absurd you are the better your content does and the more authentic it is exactly and I mean even like people like at Barstool like Brianna Chicken Fry like people who are like the opposite of what the typical influencer yes. would be are like popping off and mm-hmm. that's not to say like you need to be like doing like, yeah, like dangerous <laughs> yeah. crazy things but like be yourself be and like I think being niche is extremely smart too with TikTok because you can be yourself and like be out there, be crazy. But if you have like a little thing about you that's kind of niche that like nobody's doing, mm-hmm. like that is what picks up. So totally. you need to like walk this fine line of like doing what's trending, but differently, but having a niche, but being yourself. It's a complicated formula, but like once you find your stride, like I think really anybody could be successful with doing it. I 100% agree. I think TikTok is the number one marketing tool I've ever yeah. seen. No, ever. it's absolutely insane. And even just like... I made a video after four weeks of kind of blowing up on TikTok. I'm like, I made literally all of my dreams come true. Like these brands. In a month. (laughs) These brands that I'm going to be working with and these relationships that I've built. I did this from my couch in four weeks. And I've been trying to do it for 27 years. I want to clip that and put that all over social media because that is is exactly what I tell people. People come to me for advice that are not even millennials. They're like, what's next? Boomers or whatever. And they're like, what do I do to market my business? And I'm like, TikTok. And they're like, no, but like, that's for kids. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I've never seen a marketing tool Mm -hmm. like TikTok in my entire like 10 years of having internships and being in the industry. Mm -hmm. It is so insane. Okay, one thing I want to ask you and then, We'll get into the more personal life stuff. And not to put you on the spot. Yeah, no. But is there, what do you think about my brand? And like, do you think I could be doing something else that I'm not doing? Or like, what Mm -hmm. do you see when you look at my brand? So I've made, I think I made like a couple videos for people at Barstool when it comes to like things that they could be doing with their, like their job here and their brand in general. I love when you um, do the Kardashian, what is it? You're like, not a connoisseur. It's like, what is it? Which ones when I do, because I do comment on the Kardashians. No, but you like, at one point you were like being like a, like a news person like for the Kardashians. Yes. I forget what it was called. Like you called it something. Okay, so when I first started on TikTok, my, I was the first, I will confidently say this, I'm 90% positive, I was the first person on TikTok doing entertainment news. I yeah. swear, in March 2020, middle of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and it wasn't taking off because it was like the age of the dancing on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It was when Addison was blowing up and Charlie was blowing up. And it, Who were they? <laughs> yeah. And it like was not blowing up. And then I got a little dis because I've always done celeb tea. And then I kind of stopped. And then other people came on the scene and did it better than me, which mm-hmm. I'm not nervous to say. Like they just had they were more concise. Mm-hmm. I was in my influ I was in my Instagram yeah. hat. Yeah, I was doing it like I would be on Instagram, exactly. not like you needed to be on TikTok. And I think that's why mine weren't hitting. And I'm like, had I just stuck with that from the beginning? So I think something that you should do, I just came up with this like in my brain, is like I think you should have tea time here and pull in boys that work here mm. and sit and have tea with them and try to explain to them one thing that's going on in pop culture. I love that. that. Like they don't, they wouldn't understand and have their, their comments on it. Totally. Um, I also think that if I worked here at Barstool, like I would – like utilize the office and the people in the office which a lot of people do like mm-hmm. super successfully but even like doing it like when people are walking in like like a news commentator mm-hmm. be like what are your thoughts on Kim Kardashian blah 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 like on the street like you know how people do those yeah. interviews but like the man downstairs on the street. when people are like walking in I would like utilize because a lot of times we can report on pop culture and everybody loves that and like those always pop off but I love when people like educate people who like aren't informed yeah. on pop culture and like get those like funny bits but you're also still talking about like what you like like and want to do so it's so funny because like obviously I'm so strategic because you know like mm-hmm. we said we do everything we think about big picture I think what happened was when I first started here and it's probably interesting for like the tea tribe to even hear like my thought process because I don't really talk 
publicly about my thought process behind my brand mm-hmm. because I kind of feel like they don't need to know the behind yeah. the scenes. They just need to see the final product. Can't relate. But <laughs> but when I first started here, my goal, it, it's kind of, I think almost did me a disservice, but my goal was to almost not get involved with anyone in the office purposefully because I don't want to be the barstool girl. Mm-hmm. When I eventually leave here, which I hope isn't anytime soon, I hope that I could be known for myself outside of Barstool. So I purposely almost didn't collaborate with that many people in the office because I was like, I want like the Tea Tribe and like Tea with Publicity to be its own like standalone brand. Mm -hmm. But now that I've been here almost coming up on a year, I'm like, okay, it wouldn't hurt me to like get more involved with people. Because you're saying you don't want to be the girl at Barstool, but right now... You are the girl off our stool. Well, so I would say like utilize it for what it is, but yeah. you know that you're going to do something after. Totally. You know what I but mean? But I think some people fall into that rut of just like when they leave here, it's like that's their whole identity. Mm-hmm. But I think those are more like the lifers, like exactly. the people that started their career here yeah, that no. have nothing outside of it. And like the thing is, like, it would still be like tea with publicity, but yeah. it would just be like you're using people almost as like audience members or like participants. You I know thought of I mean? doing, you know how Dave does the pizza reviews? Yeah. I thought of doing tea reviews and going to different spots around no, the exactly. city and like ordering different teas and like reviewing it. But I'm kind of also like, how many varieties of teas are there? But I like I mean, the you idea. You could probably be surprised. Yeah. yeah. But I thought of like going to different like tea spots in the yeah. city and doing stuff you like that you definitely need to have like a tea party here like a 100 where like you a high tea yeah a high tea <laughs> with like high the little tea. sandwiches that yeah. would be so funny to make oh like, i think with like edibles too like <laughs> high tea oh my god that's actually really funny yeah just get high on an episode so, and yeah and call it high spill tea. The tea yeah that's you need to do that that's funny i wonder if they would approve that we do have mm. a show about getting high, so but I think you can't use that like lingo, yeah. but we'll see. <laughs> All right, I love that. Um, awesome. I want to get a little bit before we end up like close everything out. I could mm. talk shop with you like all day because I'm such a big brainstormer so I love like another creative mind Mm -hmm. but you mentioned that you moved home because something was going on with your family and I want to dig into a little bit more who you are and like I think your social media presence is like very Mm self-deprecating and like you even like make I don't want to say you make a light of it but like you acknowledge the fact that your mom's passed Mm -hmm. and you Almost like you're like, hey, I'm that girl that like yeah. lost her mom. Like, I think you're in mom's club. Yes. Like you cope with your sadness with By humor. Comedy, yeah. And um, I want to know because we talk a lot about mental health here. Mm-hmm. Like what's your relationship like with your mental health? Like are you anxious? Mm-hmm. Have you had depression? Like yeah. tell me tell me everything. <laughs> so I grew up in a household. Um, my parents were divorced like even before I was born, but they had a super healthy relationship. So none of my mental health like struggles really happened from that. But growing up, um, my household, some uh, like it was it was stable but unstable in a lot of ways. Um, and then my mom ended up getting sick, had a brain aneurysm when I was 15, got cancer when I was 20. Her cancer, like they Wait, said- Wait, so the aneurys- aneurysm was separate from the cancer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she had an aneurysm when I was 16, and I lived with my mom full time, and my dad is like a part of my life, but like I was with my mom full time, and then she was in the hospital for like six months, mm-hmm. and I was like 15, 16 years old. Um, I spent a lot of time with my boyfriends. I kind of just like the time where you need like a mom the most is kind of when I got and stability and routine. It kind of all got like ripped away from me. So I had to find that in my friends and in my boyfriend and at the time. And that creates like unhealthy relationships Mm -hmm. with the things that are supposed to like give you these healthy relationships. You're almost like taking your problems out on the wrong people. Exactly. And um, depending on like a guy or my friends at like 15, 16 years old to give me stability when they're like, bro, like I'm just trying to like drink 40s in a basement. Like this is, I, you know what Uh, I mean? This is too much. Yeah. (laughs) This is too much. Um, But then my mom ended up passing away when I was 20. She had cancer for like six, seven months. They said it completely went away. And then she woke up one day and was paralyzed from the neck down and died seven days later so it was like she got cancer sad they told me it was cured happy and then unexpectedly waking up paralyzed and then passed away I mean that's very traumatic it was very traumatic I got diagnosed with um like PTSD uh from like mostly medical PTSD Mm -hmm. like I'm very I can barely walk into like a doctor's office Mm -hmm. now that makes sense um and then with like anxiety and depression 
you know, everything. And then after my mom died when I was 20, I went back to school. Um, and then I acted like everything was okay and fine. And then I went to L.A. right after I graduated. So I kind of pushed off my mom passing away. Because yeah, the grief. when you're at school, it's like, oh, my mom could still be at home. And then when I was in L.A., I was like, oh, my mom could still be at home. But, like, she's not. But, like, I'm not, like, recognizing Yeah, like, if you that. don't have to go back to your house, exactly. you, you don't have to confront it. I exactly. totally get that. And uh, then when I moved home from L.A., um... For another family medical reason, it all kind of came down on me. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I need to handle this. And I was coping with it in a very unhealthy way. Um, A lot of that came out with um, eating issues, with binge eating and eating disorders. And that's kind of how I tried to have control on my life. So it was everything piling on top of each other and then I found this organization called experience camps um, which is a free one-week summer camp for kids who have lost a loved one Hmm. or sibling Um, and all the counselors for most part most of the counselors have as well Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just like a normal summer camp but for one hour each day we do for like adults no for kids like I was a counselor oh you're a counselor okay and all the counselors have gone through something similar and then all of the kids have lost a parent or a sibling. And it's oh, wow. free for them. I do one in Georgia. Um, and one hour a day you work with grief counselors. And just being around kids who have gone through, like, what I went through and watching them speak about their grief and, like, work through their issues and, like, look at life still so beautifully even though they have, like, such, like, horrible things going on, it, like, completely, like, changed me. And then having a community of people who have gone through something that I've gone through, because it's taboo, and, like, I think that's why I do, like, make comedy about about it on TikTok because it's awkward like when I'm on a date and people are like oh what did, like what do your parents do I'm yeah. like oh well like my mom is like dead and they're like I'm sorry and I'm like well hopefully you had nothing and to do with it and then it's like this awkward it's taboo like yeah it's taboo and like well, something we learn at experience camps is like make talking about your grief like not awkward like these are stuff we need to talk mm-hmm. about it makes me feel comfortable when people are okay with talking about it and having that community it just like changed me for the better um, I go to therapy obviously but I, I think that um, I cope with it with humor but it also helps me kind of find other people who've been through what I went Mm -hmm. through because when you see somebody online being like oh yeah like I can't do this because I have a dead mom people are like oh my god that's so sad but then the people are like oh I get that because like that's how I cope with it too it makes me feel closer with the people who can relate and for me like I'm going to talk about like my mental health my mom the things that I've gone through in my life because that's how I go through it. And, mm-hmm. like, I hope by talking about it, people will feel comfortable talking about it with me. Totally. But when it comes to being, like, self-deprecating, like, it's it's in my nature. But that's not – I don't want people to think that, like, because they see that on TikTok, like, I'm okay 24-7. Like, there are days where oh, I'll Oh, man, be, I don't think it comes uh, off like yeah, that at no. all. Yeah. There'll be days where I'm in a grocery store and I, like, smell a perfume that's, like, my mom's. And, yes. like, I'll, like – sob at the grocery store yeah and like there's sometimes obviously now I'm talking with you about it it's completely fine but some days like I'll talk about it and I'll like break down even though it's been seven years um but I think that just for me like going through what I went through finding a community and finding like your people like I think that's what helps the most I've had some friends who have lost moms and like I'm gonna tell them about that camp because I think that is such a great And NYC is a massive hub of experience okay. camps. Okay, I'm going to tell them. Um, so, like, most of the events are here. Uh, I And, like, a lot of the, the brands and things that I'm working with and getting involved with, I always, like, talk about experience camps as well because it is such a good organization to get a part of. I, it like, I don't know if I would, like, saying I don't know if I'd be here if it if wasn't for it. I wouldn't be here mentally. Yes. Where I'm at mentally without it, it, like, changed my life. It is so incredible. Do you have a hard time, like, I know some of my friends deal with now that it's like especially the holidays they're like oh every holiday movie Mm -hmm. I put on there's like a dead parent or a dead like is it does that stuff trigger you because it does make me feel for them because they're like I am trying to get through the holidays the best I can Mm -hmm. and every freaking thing I put on is just like hitting me in the face with it all over again um well I always talk I'm like I don't know why Netflix hasn't given me a special because like I have a dead mom and every Netflix original movie has a dead mom every 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 Disney movie every Netflix it's like insane literally in Netflix especially like every like teen rom-com there's a dead mom um that doesn't hurt for me to watch because like it's just I know it's just like a TV show or movie, but like the holidays in general yes. are so hard. Um, and I create boundaries, um, just like in my personal life when it comes to the holidays, because like 
I just know these things are going to be triggering for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do my own thing. And I think to myself, like, one day I'll have my own family. And mm-hmm. I'll be able to create those traditions and, like, bring what my mom did with me to the table. But until then, like, I need to, like, satisfy myself. And, like, how am I mentally going to get through this? But it's going to be hard. Like, knowing it's hard, I think, is, like, a huge step about mm. – like even just like going through life in general it's like when my mom first passed away people like oh like I'm so sorry for your loss like whatever like people like say things to me and I'd be like okay thanks cool like it's like it's almost like your birthday on Facebook everybody's just writing happy birthday Mm, it's like everybody's writing interesting sorry for your loss I'm like yeah they like thanks like yeah. what are you supposed to say uh-huh. so now when people lose people and then I've gone through it I tell them I'm like hey listen like it's gonna be really hard and like I wish somebody told me this mm-hmm. cause obviously you know like, it's gonna hey, be hard like hey this sucks by sucks. the way yeah and like it almost gets worse with time because you're you're mourning the past with your mom but you're also mourning the future as well mm-hmm. with the person that you're never gonna have so as time goes on it's like it gives me anxiety both. just even thinking about yeah. it because I know like I would be struggling. Yeah. So it it makes me have like a lot of empathy and also just like I think it is important to talk about because like you said it is taboo and it's happened to a lot a lot of people have lost yeah. a parent especially and, like, with COVID like it's like oh one in God. five children have lost a loved one <gasps> or a sibling like within the past and people need and I wonder if there's oh, oh my PR brain I wonder if there's like podcast where people just have on like talk about I'm sure there's grief podcasts but there should be a podcast where people talk like have people on and talk about their personal stories and struggles during the holidays I feel like there needs to be like an outlet for people Mm -hmm. that are going through these things to listen to know that they're not like alone during it exactly 100% and I think like that is why experience camps and other because there are other grief camps are so helpful and successful because it's like it creates a community for us Mm -hmm. during the holidays like I have a group text called like the dead moms club um and we'll be like oh it was just in the grocery store like saw this sobbed like Mm. lol I hate my life but it's not really lol but But it's like camaraderie yeah it's like you're in yeah that's how like we get through it and I think that like just feeling like you belong when like the one person who always made you feel like you belong is gone is like so important um and then also there are like just having relationships with like women I think is like really important especially Huge. when you lost your mom yeah so like the relationships I have with the women and the people part of that organization like I feel like I'm super close with it. they're like your chosen family exactly yeah so it helps a lot well thank you so much for opening up about that I think yeah. it's important for people to like know these layers mm-hmm. because especially someone like you like they it's easy to look at you and you know we say we compare yeah it's easy to look at you and be like why is she blowing up and I'm not blowing up. Why is this girl getting all these yeah. opportunities? And it's like, it didn't come easily. No. And it's like, everyone has like a story. Yeah. And it's good to get the full picture, mm-hmm. you I know? Think, yeah. And like, I, I definitely want to get more into that because it's like f- four months ago, I didn't have an apartment. I was sleeping on my friend's couch. I didn't have a job and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. I was so depressed. Like, probably one of the worst I've ever been I had no direction and like that was and then I started working two jobs to put myself back into school I was working at anthropology and I was working at a restaurant like walking to work sleeping on my friend's couch and now it's like I'm sitting on zoom or in meetings with the biggest companies that I've always wanted to work for and it's like that happened in four months but it's like I people don't know like people like oh she blew up overnight like like Whatever, they don't know blah, what blah, blah, you blah, took you to, to get, get there. there. Yeah, and I think perspective is like the most humbling thing, that, especially in your career and in your relationships. So I never try to like lose like mm-hmm. my um, view of that as well. It's like okay, like yeah, now I'm getting all these things that I've ever wanted, but like let us not forget like what it took you to get here. Mm-hmm. And like even whenever I'm in a meeting, I always end up by saying like I think time and energy is the biggest currency. So thank you for even taking the time to speak with me because I think that alone is just like such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um and like I think that's how people should go about like their careers in general. 100%. We're going to end on that note because beautifully said. Thank you. Um I'm so happy that we were able to connect me and too. where where could everyone like follow you, stay up to date, all those things. Yes. So I actually said this, did I say this is, 
I don't know if we were recording yet, but it's Girl Boss Town. It's because it, I'm from, Bo- like, I live in Boston, so it's Girl Boston. I don't know if anybody knows that, but it's G-I-R-L-B-O-S-S-T-O-W-N on Instagram and TikTok. I never put two and two together, yeah. but now that you say it, I'm like, oh, it's obvious. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> like, that was one plan where it's that, like, I didn't get right. Didn't connect. <laughs> didn't connect, but here we are. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's get into the Ask Alyssa segment. I have some screenshots here that I'm pulling up on my computer so I could read them. One is super long, but very interesting. So I'm only going to do two today, but damn, does it sound good. Okay. It says, I'm writing you today because one of my best friends who was a bridesmaid lost her freaking mind last weekend at my wedding and I don't know how to handle it. Let me preface this by saying my bridesmaid, let's call her Deborah, and I don't have a history of fighting. Deborah got mad. Deborah got married a few months ago, and I was a bridesmaid in her wedding and made sure I was on the best behavior. I was kind, accommodating, kept the dance floor going, wasn't a drunk slob kebab, didn't talk about my own wedding, even plucked her chin hairs day of. <laughs> You're a real one. Cut to my own wedding last weekend. Deborah gets rip shit drunk at the welcome cocktail party, which was very formal and fancy, at my grandmother's house proceeds to pull me into the bathroom and make out with me and asks if she can graphic I'm sorry lick my pussy (laughs) oh my god I tried to diffuse the situation by reminding her I was about to get married and loved her and encouraged her to rejoin the party she asked my fiance a million times within earshot of my in-laws if she had permission to l my p She even tried to steal a decorative figurine as a joke on her way out. (laughs) Then at the rehearsal at the very Catholic church, she showed up wearing a skin tight tie up bright neon dress, which was so fun before a club in South Beach, not for a church rehearsal. I had told the bridesmaids to dress cute and conservative. It was very embarrassing, but who am I to police what someone dictates as appropriate to wear? This is wild. Day of the wedding, we are getting ready, and she takes a pair of scissors to her bridesmaid's dress and cuts her slit up all the way to her crotch. I was in such disbelief but wanted to keep the vibes happy, so I just laughed it off. At the reception, she took her tits out. (laughs) What? (laughs) This is wild. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, I think I'm missing part. But she said she took her tits out and wound up on the actual floor several times. It was just bizarre and too much. She's the kind of person who will do anything for a laugh. My family and friends were put off, but I didn't want to believe it was action attention speaking. After the reception, Deborah went back to the Airbnb, didn't come out with the rest of the entire wedding party to the bar. Her husband came and partied and said Deborah didn't feel like coming. I was really hurt after the fact, but whatever. I was married and partying with all my favorite people. The day after the wedding, we were <coughs> all debriefing at my parents' house, hung over, but so unbelievably happy. And Deborah says in front of my entire family and many other friends, it's not about you anymore. Your day is over. You're not the center of attention anymore. I was shocked because I truly haven't been a bridezilla or asshole this entire time. It's like she was just being mean for no reason. The cherry on top was that Deborah was posting pictures of her own wedding during and after our wedding, and it just felt like such a bad taste in my mouth. Our wedding had never as if our wedding had never ever happened. I get that she was relishing in her own happiness, but it seemed very selfish and untimely. We normally talk every day, but I haven't been able to bring myself to say anything to her because I'm so upset. What do I do? I love her, but she was an asshole. How should I handle this? Thank you for reading. Love a brushing bride, bride slash fuming friend. This girl is nuts. This girl is nuts. I know your friends, but like, This girl is nuts. She is so jealous. Like, she couldn't have the attention be on you for one of the happiest days in your entire life. So she had to be an absurd human to bring the attention back to herself. And like, that is just an insecure, jealous person. I think you 100% have to say something to her. Be like, hey, I'm being distant because of XYZ. Like, you tried to eat my pee on my wedding day you had your boobs out you were 
cut a slit in your dress. You were doing all these things and it just seems like you couldn't handle that the attention was on me and I just feel like I didn't do that at all during your wedding day. And I'm just really honestly like very put off and I love you as a person, but what is going on here that's making you feel like you can't be there for me? You honestly have to like straight up. People like this don't want to be called out on their shit, but this is fucking wild. Like, so weird. Sorry, I'm sipping my coffee. Um, What a freak. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, Next question. Hi, Alyssa. I need some advice. I've been with my boyfriend nearly two years now. We met at work. We work and live together. Recently, a guy from our company from another office started temporarily working in ours on my team and we started talking and now I find myself thinking about him and texting him all the time. I'm praying this is just an infatuation that will pass but I don't know what to do. I have cheated on partners in the past and before I got with my boyfriend I told him I was Polly. He is not and would never consider the option of an open relationship. What do I do? Hmm. It sounds like maybe you're just not in the right relationship for yourself. Like if you're open to having an open relationship and your partner isn't, then maybe he's not the right person for you. And also like if he isn't open to that, like you shouldn't be texting other guys because you're deceiving him and you're kind of selfishly going about what you want to do, but that's not what he's comfortable with. So... I think you need to either, sorry, I literally just stopped talking in my tracks because I'm obviously working from home and I looked out my window and this person just has their window pulled up and they're just puffing smoke out the window, which is funny. Um, Anyway, I think that you need to cut it off with the guy at work or tell your boyfriend, like, I'm interested in seeing other people and if you're not interested in having an open relationship, like, I'm not sure I could remain faithful. It sucks, but like, just seems like you guys want different things out of life and you're not willing to, you're not willing to give up what you want to be with him. So either he's not the one or you're not in the right type of relationship. That's that on that. Okay, let's spill the tea. I'll tell you what I've been watching and what I've been up to. So obviously being sick you're like oh my god you have all this time to watch all this tv wrong when you were sick you don't want to watch tv you don't want to look at tv you just want to sit in bed and stare at the wall so the first few days i really 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 didn't watch that much tv the only thing i could bring myself to watch was cheesy christmas movies i watched um let me pull up my laptop actually so i could tell you guys the ones i watched because everyone always wants specifics that new one with Jana Kramer called um, The Holiday Fix-Up. Cute. Again, these are all really corny. So if you're not into corny movies, keep on moving. Um, then I watched on Netflix this new one that's like trending called... Um, let me find it. A California Christmas. I honestly thought it was awful. Just like couldn't hold my attention. Oh, I watched... Um, the 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 sex life of college girls on hbo it was fantastic it was one of the best shows i've seen in a really long time light woke fun relatable i thought it was done so 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 well um timothy chalamet's sister is one of the main characters she's fantastic I think um, Mindy Kaling wrote it. It's amazing writing, amazing comedy. I just thought it was like really, really, really well done. It's on HBO Max. So you guys should definitely watch that. Um, I also watched that new show on Netflix called 20 Somethings. And they were kind of marketing it as like a real world. I have to say it's nothing like the real world other than it's just strangers living in a house together. I do have to agree with a lot of my followers. Um feedback that it seems a little highly produced it was like the scenario seemed really produced versus just letting them be like kids living in a house and having fun I think they kind of missed the mark a little bit 
that said, I watched the whole thing and I enjoyed it, but something wasn't connecting. It was a little too staged with it, which is like sad because I think they had such an opportunity to make such a good show. I like the people that they casted. It just was done kinds of weird. Um, what else am I watching? I've started so many things and finished nothing. Those were the two like main, main, main ones I watched. Oh, Paris Hilton's new documentary on Peacock TV. She is basically like she's basically showing her life leading up to her wedding to her now husband and Kathy Hilton makes an appearance and again like light fun I, I really couldn't watch anything super heavy I was just too sick to focus on anything that was like not super light and happy and joyful so that's really what I kind of stuck to while I've been home um, in terms of like celebrity news, obviously we know Kim Kardashian, Pete Div Davidson are going strong. Our girl is in Staten Island, which like chef's kiss, incredible. We love to see it. We literally love to see it. Um, I'm reading right now on TMZ that Andy Cohen has just finished quarantining after privately battling COVID. Um, him and everyone else, literally everyone else. Um, so yeah, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Robin. If you guys are new here, make sure you stick around by subscribing. I absolutely love talking to you guys each and every week. And I will be back next week with a little post-Christmas episode. And hopefully I'm feeling better. Love you. Love you.